Okay, the rest of you, you're going to need your Bibles in a minute. But let me just tell you where we've been the last couple weeks. Here at New Beginnings, we've been in the midst of a sermon series from the Gospel of Luke called Conversations with God. And so far, we've looked at the stories of Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah and the shepherds and how they all heard from God. And it's exciting to hear from God. You heard me just talking to the kids about how exciting it is to open this book, open our Bibles, and to be able to hear from God because God's word is living and active, and that's exciting. Or maybe scary even sometimes, right? So I heard from God on Tuesday, September 29th of this past year. Not that I haven't heard from him since, but I heard from him in a big way on Tuesday, September 29th. Here's what happened. I was reading the chronological Bible that morning, and the section that I read that day was from Luke chapter 2. And I was reading the story of Simeon, which we're going to hear in just a few minutes, and he was talking about the consolation of Israel. And I just, I love all the names that we have for God and how they all speak to us. The consolation of Israel. Just what a beautiful thought that was. And I was so blessed by that. And it was in my mind as I walked down the street that morning, walked down State Street in Concord, all the way to the state capitol, because we were in the midst that week of the Bible reading marathon. And so I got to the state capitol yard, and there were Tony and Isabel, and they had their tent set up, and they handed me the Bible, and they said, why don't you pick up the reading? And they handed me the Bible, and it was Luke chapter 2. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was in the right place at the right time to read that passage for the second time that morning. And I was just so moved that right then and there I planned to be the one to bring this post Christmas message. We've all heard about people that were in the right place at the right time, right? We wish it would be us more often, right? Right place, right time. Do you remember the story of Dorothy Fletcher, 2003? Dorothy was on a plane flying to Orlando, and she had a heart attack. And the flight attendant came over the, the loudspeaker system and said and asked if there were any doctors on board. And 15 cardiologists stood up. <laughs> they were en route to a conference. Needless to say... Dorothy survived, right? Right place, right time. So yesterday was Christmas Day, the day when a certain stable was empty and waiting to receive the infant king who wanted to make a humble entrance into the world. The day when a group of shepherds were in the right place at the right time to hear a very special angelic announcement. Right place right time. Raise your hand if you wished it would happen to you more often. All of us. So today we're going to explore a story of some folks who were in the right place at the right time. And we're also going to learn from them how we can do likewise. Today's text is going to talk about a conversation God had 
with Mary and Joseph via Simeon. So turn in your Bibles to Luke 2, 22 to 35. Kids, Luke is the third book of the New Testament. So if, you're, if you find the New Testament and find Matthew and flip through Matthew and flip through Mark, and then you'll arrive at Luke. Luke is the third New Testament book. We're looking for Luke 2, 22. And while you're finding that in your Bible, so let me just tell you what's been happening here. This story is going to pick up 40 days after Jesus' birth. Joseph and Mary took the infant Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to complete Mary's ritual purification after childbirth and to perform the redemption of the firstborn son in obedience to Leviticus and Exodus, in obedience to God's law. They were in the right place at the right time. But they didn't have to be, right? Nobody made them go there. And maybe they didn't feel like going there, right? I mean, sure, they had seen angels. But that was nine months ago, ten months ago, right? And they could have, in their very present moment right there, probably experiencing some postpartum depression, being far from home, being homesick and lonely for family and friends, living in a stable... <laughs> They could have just given up on some things, right? They might have said, oh, those laws of Moses, they're so antiquated. They were written 1,400 years ago. Surely we don't have to follow them so slavishly in today's modern world. They could have said that, right? In today's modern world, sometimes we say that, don't we? But they didn't. They didn't say that. They obeyed. And let's find out what happens next. Let's read this text together. I'll be reading from the New International Version, starting in Luke 2, 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord if you have footnotes, that's Exodus 13. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons, Leviticus 12. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. There's that beautiful phrase, the consolation of of Israel. No wonder he was waiting for it. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms. These were in the days before stranger danger, apparently. <laughs> Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, and here's one of those poems, kids, one of those songs. Sovereign Lord, he said, 
As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Wow. So Joseph and Mary are in the right place at the right time. And someone else is in the right place at the right time. His name is Simeon. And we really don't know anything about him except that he was righteous and devout, that he was waiting for the Messiah, and that the Holy Spirit was on him. <laughs> and by the way, if that is not the greatest resume ever in the history of the world, right? I don't know what is. I mean, what more do we need to know about a man than those things? So here he is. And his path crosses with Mary and Joseph's path somewhere in those temple courts. They're both in the right place at the right time. And now, because of their obedience, all three of them are going to prove to be a blessing to one another. So here's a thought. I, I don't know. Perhaps Jesus has been, perhaps God, the Father, has been talking to Mary and Joseph all along. Maybe he's been giving them instructions on how to raise this baby who's God and man all rolled into one. If that's the case, it isn't recorded here. So, I'm thinking, what if Mary and Joseph didn't hear a divine voice every day? Because we don't always hear a divine voice every day, right? What if they didn't hear a divine voice every day? What if every day they just had to keep obeying one day at a time, one step at a time, until they heard from God? What if? I mean, really, maybe that's all any of us can do, right? So meanwhile, Simeon is in the spirit. And he's moved by the Holy Spirit. And so he's tuned in and he's listening and he is obeying and he gets a blessing. He gets to see and hold and touch his Savior. Something all of our hearts long for. What a day that will be when we see and touch our Savior one day. Praise God. So this is good news. And now Simeon gets to share the overflow of his blessing. God's blessing Simeon. And he's overflowing his blessing to Joseph and Mary. And he's rejoicing. He's praising God. He bursts into song, I, I think. It doesn't say, but sure seems like a song to me, right? He's, he's probably not quiet. He's probably just so excited and loud probably he's announcing this good news I mean really how could he have been quiet I mean this would have been 
Like the joyful pinnacle of his life is what I'm thinking. And so he shares this good news about God's faithfulness and about God's promise. And I'm thinking there's a ripple effect. You ever think much about the ripple effect of your life? I do. So our text tells us that Simeon is right out here in the middle of the temple courts. He's not off in a side room in a corner somewhere, right? I'm guessing his praises are heard by more than just Mary and Joseph. I'm thinking there's a ripple effect going on here. I'm thinking other people are hearing these praises. And and I have a little bit of an overactive imagination. I know some of you do too. So I'm thinking that somebody ought to write a story about a family that was there that day and heard Simeon's song and how it changed their lives. Like I'm, I'm picturing a movie being made. Like, can't you picture this? The ripple effect of one man's praises into other lives. Boy, that's a book I'd read. Order that off. Julie, ooh, there's a writer right there. Get to work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So when we have been hearing from and walking with the Spirit, we're going to praise God like Simeon did. And you remember that verse in Psalm 22 that talks about how God inhabits the praises of his people? I looked that up this week. And some of the translations use the word enthroned. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. And I love that. I love that image. Just think that if we share God's praises, then he's enthroned on those praises and his kingdom is extended into our world. His rule is extended to the people that we rub shoulders with and come in contact with. We enthrone God on our praises. I love that. So let's allow God to be at work today, right? Let's, let's get in on this ripple effect. We can only imagine how encouraging this must have been to this young couple. Simeon is acknowledging to them and to everyone else who was there that day. And he's probably reaffirming this truth in his own heart, right? He's pronouncing, reminding, affirming everyone that Jesus is salvation and light and glory. (laughs) And I don't know who else was listening in on that day. But for anyone there who believed that Abraham and his descendants were blessed to be a blessing to the nations. This would have been a powerful reminder and consummation of that mission. There had been 400 years of prophetic silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And and so here's Simeon now announcing right there in the heart of Jerusalem, right there in the heart of the temple courts, He's announcing, he's he's calling the people, really. It's it's a wake-up call, really, uh, to remember God's mission. And certainly that's what it is to us today. A wake-up call to us today. A reminder 
to us today. See, there's this funny thing about us human beings. We need frequent reminders. You know that old thing how you go into the next room and you can't even remember why you're in this room? And you say, somebody remind me, why, why am I here? You know, we need frequent reminders. Forty days earlier, Mary and Joseph had met shepherds who had shared the vision of angels speaking to them. Probably a high point for Mary and Joseph. But maybe, just maybe, now they're in need of another dose of affirmation. How do we know this to be true? Because we've all needed frequent doses of affirmation and encouragement all throughout our own lives. Peter, the Apostle Peter, confirms this in his second epistle. Remember, he's reminding the believers of the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then he says, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth. Isn't that beautiful? We can remind one another of these things. Because you know what? It doesn't matter who you are, young or old. It doesn't matter who you're talking to, young or old, long-time believer or new Christian. Everyone needs to hear a witness to God's goodness regularly. <laughs> Your words might be the way God is going to enter into a conversation with someone today. Imagine a three-way conversation with you and God and a friend. So I want to fast forward about 50 years beyond this story. Jesus has been crucified, resurrected, and ascended not quite 20 years earlier. And the gospel has been spreading and the Apostle Paul would write a letter to the young church at Thessalonica, one of the very first communities where Paul had established a church. They've been enduring persecution, and there are some misunderstandings to be addressed. Aren't there always, right? Including questions about the return of Christ, and also how to grieve believers who have died. So Paul writes a beautiful description of the day of the Lord. And then he reminds believers in this verse that I took to heart many years ago. 1 Thessalonians 4.18 Encourage one another with these words. That's what we're called to do. One of our callings, to encourage one another by talking about the Lord, by talking about the day of the Lord. See, we can talk about the patriots, you can talk about the patriots if you like. I mean, I do. But don't spend too much time there, right? And you can grumble about COVID. We all do, right? But don't spend too much time there either. Let's talk about the things of the Lord, church. I love what the writer to the Hebrews said, to the, the writer to the Hebrews says in Hebrews 3:13. He or she writes. Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. Kids, when is it called today? Always, right? It's always today. <laughs> Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, 
so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's our call today. About 10 years later, after Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, he was imprisoned in Rome. And he wrote another letter to the church in Ephesus. Now I want to insert a sidebar here. Because we know from another letter to the church in Corinth that Paul had been imprisoned, flogged, and exposed to death again and again. So before we pick up the letter to the Ephesians, I just want to pick up this story of Paul from 2 Thessalonians chapter 11. And I'm starting with verse 24. This is Paul telling his story. This is Paul talking about COVID, basically. He's grumbling a little bit, but he's not going to be there long. He's, he's going to come around to what matters. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country. This is the first action movie ever written, I think. <laughs> I've been in danger at sea and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. He's telling his story. We're allowed to tell our story, right? But then over in chapter 12, he writes, For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And then finally, over to chapter 13, verse 3. Christ is speaking through me. See, now he's getting to the crux of it. He's pulling Jesus into his story and sharing that story. He says, Christ is speaking through me. He is powerful among you. He was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet... By God's power, we will live with him. So if we're going to complain about our troubles, may we quickly shift gears like Paul did. May we quickly shift the focus onto God and his great power and all that he's doing in the midst of our life. Amen? All right, so back to the script. Back to Ephesians. Despite all that Paul's gone through, despite the fact that he's in prison, he's writing this letter to the Ephesians. And we're going to go to Ephesians 5 and start with verse 15. Ephesians 5, 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Huh. Not much has changed since the writing of that epistle, huh? The days are evil, but do not be foolish, but understand what the 
if we made the most of every opportunity to speak to one another with songs from the Spirit. Can you imagine what a world that would be? So that's the good news. There is some bad news here in this text today. Simeon's prophecy wasn't all good news. He also had some troubling things to share. He talks about a sword that would pierce Mary's soul. Verse 35. And apparently, glory may not mean what they think it means, right? And of course, we've come to understand that. We've come to understand that glory would come only through Jesus' sacrifice, through Jesus' atoning death for us. When Simeon was finished prophesying, Mary and Joseph could not possibly have had any illusions about the life of this child who was going to grow up in their home. Simeon disabused them of any hope that their child would grow up to be normal, whatever that is, and well-liked. This child would cause the rising and falling of many. He would be a sign that would be spoken against. And because of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Jesus would grow up to be a divisive character. There would be no fence sitting once you heard Jesus speak. It would be either yes or no. There would be nothing hidden around him. You would either be for him or against him. He would have a way of drawing the deepest dreams and the deepest hatreds from the deepest parts of our hearts. And because of the reactions and responses that his life would elicit, his own mother and all of those who were closest to him, right down to today, would bear the weight of joy and misery. True story. Because 2,000 years later, we have found this to be true. We have been called off the fence, right? And we've been asked to choose life with Jesus or life without. And as I look around this room, I can't see all of your faces on YouTube, but I'm thinking most of us here have chosen life with Jesus. What a beautiful thing that is. And we have known, right along with the rest of the world, both the joy and the misery. But hallelujah, he's in it with us. He's alive within us. So what have we learned today? In the midst of all this today, there are really just two kinds of people. And this is where I see all of you rolling your eyes. Yep. Because how many sermons either begin or end with there being just two kinds of people, right? <laughs> That's okay. Because really, for today's message, there really are only two kinds of people. And sometimes we're both. So first, today, maybe you are Mary or Joseph. Maybe you're in need of some encouragement today. So what should you do? What have we learned? What should you do if you need some encouragement? You should put yourself 
in the right place at the right time. We've gathered here for worship. That's a beautiful thing. That's a great start, right? Even when you don't feel like it, come and join the body of Christ. Worship together, learn together, grow together. Call a friend who knows the Lord, who gives godly wisdom. Put yourself in the right place at the right time if you're Mary or Joseph today. But sometimes we're all called to be Simeon. Maybe we're called to be Simeon at the same time we're Mary and Joseph. I don't know. If you're called to be Simeon today, and all of us will be at some point today, I guarantee it, before the sun sets today, we will all be called upon to be a Simeon to someone today. We are meant to be a channel for God's truth, for his good news, for his encouragement. So what should you do? Type two people. Simeon people. What should we do? Step one. Don't hold back. Be resolved. I'm going to share the reason for my peace, my joy, my life. You could share this in a Christmas card. And listen, I know it's not just the kids who still have Christmas cards to send. I know some of you, some of you, have not sent your Christmas cards yet, right? It's all good. Still plenty of time, right? So share it in a Christmas card. Your your kids are creating some cards. Maybe work on this project together with your kids today. Say, who needs some encouragement today? Who can we send a card to today? Who can we encourage today? And listen, don't just write, I'm praying for you in the card. Write out the prayer that you're praying for them. Use your words, right? Say, I'm praying for you that you'd be encouraged today. I'm praying that you would know God's provision today. I'm praying that you would know the presence of God today. Whatever your prayer is for the person, write it out so they can get that encouragement from you. Some of you have ordered poinsettias in honor of or in memory of someone. And and today is the day that you're welcome to take your poinsettias home with you. And maybe you'll think of someone that you can take a poinsettia to if the roads clear up safely enough, right? If they live up a hill on a dirt road, be careful out there, right? But, but take your poinsettia and encourage someone and, and, and maybe tack a little card in there. Maybe pray with the person while you're with them. Maybe share with them what's encouraging your heart today. So that's step one. If you're Simeon today, don't hold back. Share the good news. Number two, let people around you see you praying. Okay, this might be a little scary. I haven't been to McDonald's lately. I don't even know how many McDonald's have their dining rooms open. I don't think they all do yet. But there's other restaurants other than McDonald's in this world, right? And you know what happens when your meal comes and you're in a restaurant and and, and that thought passes through your mind, do do I want to bow my head and take time to pray for this meal? Or if I'm with a group of people, do I want to pray out loud? So the whole table is praying together. Do I want to be a witness? Well, yes, the answer is yes, and yes, and yes, right? Let people see you praying. Let people see you praying at work, for those of you who still go to work, right? You can have a Bible sitting on your desk at work. 
You can take time to pray at work, right? Certainly let your family see you praying, right? If your family only sees you doing dishes and, and fixing the car and never sees you praying or opening God's word, you know, how sad would that be? So step two, be known as a person who talks to God, right? And then step three, share your prayers and your praises out loud. Let God be enthroned on the words you share. And let your words be the way God speaks to others this morning. Be the one to carry on God's conversation with the world. You are commissioned. Raise your right hand. I am commissioned. We're all commissioned to be Simeons today. Can we practice today? There's an old um, call and response that the church has been using for well, at least 20 years. I don't really know where this originated. But you know how it goes. I say God is good and you say all the time. And I say all the time and you say. Okay, so let's, let's say this energetically. Let's say this like we mean it. Let's say this like we believe it this morning. God is good. <laughs> and all the time. Yes, he is. Let's pray together. Lord, we do acknowledge your goodness this morning. We do share in praising you as Simeon did. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for your promises. We praise you for your salvation. Lord, would you be enthroned on our praises this day? Would you use the words that we say and we share to encourage our own hearts? and to encourage other hearts to stay. We want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And so once again, we pray, start right here. Start right now. Live in us and live through us, we pray. And together, all of your children say, Amen.